And a very good evening, everybody. And welcome to another broadcast coming to you from the Paul Christian Spiritualist Church down here in Dorset. Tonight's topic, we are talking about healing, which is absolutely wonderful and fundamental in our work within spiritualism. However, a lot of you are well aware that, uh, especially over last year, we had regular hookups with our brothers and sisters from the Spiritists Association and learning uh, about their movement. The wonderful Adam here, we did a program on spiritual healing and Adam came up with some observations from the Spiritist point of view. So I thought, well, do you know what? How interesting. Let's talk about it. So I would like to introduce the lovely Adam Osborne here, who I have had the pleasure of meeting on a couple of occasions down here at Paul in the past. And he is currently residing in Vista, up near Oxford. Sorry, people, you know, we've got a spiritist <laughs> on and they're not in Borneo or under the sea somewhere. No, sorry <laughs> not. Just, just <laughs> north Oxfordshire. <laughs> Adam, very good evening to you, sir. Thank you, Laurie. It's great to be here with you again. And I was just thinking, it's actually almost two years to the day since we had the event uh, at your church with Florence Anton, the painting medium. Ah, right. Yeah, oh, which was a well, wonderful event. That was awesome. Yeah. That was absolutely <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, absolutely. If anybody ever gets a chance to see Florencio Anton work, do so because it yeah. is incredible. Adam, could you just give us a little bit of background on yourself, please? Yeah, so hi everyone, uh, great to be with, with everyone again, and I know that I did give a talk through the Spiritist hookup um, a little while ago now, but uh, my name is Adam, I'm from the a group called Kardec Group, we are a Spiritist group. Um, do you want to bring up my slides? Yes, certainly. Because that'll be... It'd be great just to show that on the screen. So, yep, yeah, so I'm from Carlet Group. We run two spiritist groups here in the UK. We have the Spiritist Society of Windsor and Maidenhead, and we have the Spiritist Society of Bicester. And spiritist societies work a bit the same way as the Spiritualist Church. Uh, our main focus is to get together to study and study primarily the works of this guy called Alan Kardec. So, you know, our site's there, www.kardec.org.uk. That's the promotion out of the way. Um, but <laughs> just to give a brief overview as to what spiritism is, because I'm aware many people perhaps don't know or may have the wrong idea. So it is indeed a spiritualist philosophy. Uh, that's how it's described as, which was codified in the 1850s and 1860s by a French educator called Hippolyte Léon Denisard Rival, also known as Alan Kardec. And this guy, he had studied magnetism. So he was a mesmerizer. He, he studied magnetism. And what happened is, obviously, during the 1840s, certain event happened, which was the Fox Sisters. And all throughout Europe, throughout France, people were enthralled by the turning tables, by the raps, by the noises that were being presented. And so this guy started to investigate all of this. And so spiritism itself um, is based on all the invest a scientific investigation of spirit phenomena, of all these activities. And so under the pen name of Alan Kardec, uh, 
the current these these books were created, which were the Spirits book, um, the Mediums book, the Gospel according to Spiritism, a book called Heaven and Hell, one called Genesis, and also a monthly publication of letters and reports of spirit activity called Le Revue Spirit, which is the Spiritist Review, a psychological journal. And so in Spiritism, uh, just so you know, the main beliefs that we have are that uh, there are three main elements in the universe, God, spirit, and matter. God, spirit, and matter. So everything is going to be one of those three things. So God, how do we see God? God within bunny rabbit ears is the supreme intelligence first cause of all things um so just seeing a, uh, someone comment on the chat kardec also in Lyon. yes so alan kardec was born in Lyon. uh there's a uh first monument to him there and his tomb is in paris um so god is supreme intelligence first cause of all things we are all spirits we are all spirits. We are either discarnate on the spiritual plane or incarnate here in a physical body. We all have the opportunity to right any wrongs that we have, to improve ourselves progressively through reincarnation. Now, this is something quite important, but we'll talk about that maybe a bit later. We also believe that there's no heaven or hell, but we do spend time on the spiritual plane or the spirit dimensions between each incarnation. We also believe that communication with spirits is possible. It's part of nature. And obviously, this is what mediumship is. And the purpose of being able to communicate is to obtain practical and useful information that can help with our progress, with our current lives and future lives. And the most, uh, the most important thing is charity. And the golden rule, these are critical within Spiritism. Charity towards others, golden rule, love your neighbour as yourself. That's actually the little talk I gave a year and a bit ago. Um, and so look, and anyone can be Spiritist, no matter what religion you are, uh, even if you're not religious. And here in the UK, we have over 30 Spiritist groups, Spiritist uh, centres or societies and most of them have public uh, study meetings where we study these books from Kardec. So that's, in a nutshell, what Spiritism is for those who haven't come across it yet. Okay, what, what else? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the next slide. I, oh, well, <laughs> I was I, sat there, I was going to get the popcorn now. Well, I, I, can, I, can, I can certainly go straight into it. So no, no, that, that really... You know, you put that very succinctly, um, Adam, and it's a nice refresher for me because I've been out of touch with my spiritist friends for a little while. Uh, but it's the similarities, you know, and I know in certain countries, I know we have a, quite a big following in the Nordic countries, and they talk mm -hmm. about spiritism there. But again, yes. that's a different angle again on it. But I do think... Yeah, there, there are some countries um, in places like India, even in Brazil, there are many people who, who call themselves spiritist or that they're following spiritism, but actually it's a form of spiritualism. Mm. Um, because during the uh, 1900s, 
uh, you can find this a lot if you look at the old newspapers. There's a lot of uh, mix-up and interchange between the words spiritualist and spiritist, spiritualism and spiritism. Um, e even the uh, big spiritualist congress uh, where famously uh, um, Arthur Conan Doyle and a French spiritist called Leon Denis met together. Um, I think in one place, one report, it says it's a spiritist congress. Another place said that it's a spiritualist congress. So, yeah, there, there, there is that mix-up. But what, what we call spiritism is w groups who follow the works of Alan Kardec. Right. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. I'm putting it simply for me. <laughs> I try to. I try to. <laughs> um, and you mentioned something there which I uh, find intensely interesting, that a part of the spiritist movement is that you sit down and discuss certain parts of uh, Alan Kardec's books. Uh, you yes. may have the homework of reading a chapter and be like a book club. But I think that is beautiful because um, all for the education within spiritualism itself, the movement of spiritualism. And I feel as though uh, maybe we've got a little bit left behind at times. There's plenty of books out there to read, but it's um, lacking some direction at times. And groups like that, I think, just bring in that focus. We, we love the individuality within spiritualism and that mm -hmm. is to be celebrated because we are each and every one of us to me is totally unique which is great but like all conditions there's a bit of a broad sword and on the other side of that sword edge is uh well i don't agree with that because it doesn't go along with my line of thinking it's just sort of like <laughs> that's where the individuality comes in yeah, absolutely. And because within Spiritism, we try to promote a lot the idea of autonomy, that you take it upon yourself to study, to try to not just sit back and absorb and listen, and but to actually go, okay, I've been to a lecture, I've been to a talk, I've been to a service or whatever. What can I take away from that and actually apply, the, apply that to my day-to-day -day life for my betterment? Because if we were to all just sit on the sit on the fence like a flower, like an orchid, great. But what are we doing to actually improve ourselves? So, and that's one of the beauties of what the works of Kardec explain to us: that we need to take that progressive and proactive action. That is absolutely wonderful. Shall I pop this slide down for a moment there? Yep. Yeah. There we go. See you in all your glory. Um, that, is, <laughs> that really is beautiful. One thing uh, that has sort of like really come to light, I suppose, over the last two years with all these various talks, time and time and time again, we have a word, I'm not saying the, a word, but a mm -hmm. word will throw up an awful lot of conflicting thoughts and ideas. Yes. And I say, you know, sometimes we get a little bit too bogged down on the semantics of things. Yeah, that's that's a very common thing. Um, so we have a dedicated group just to study the Spirits book, which is a series of questions and answers. Uh, questions were sent out 
to various mediums around Europe during the 1850s, and where two or more answers came back which were identical, those are the ones that got put into the book. So the answers came from who? From spirits, to, through mediums. And sometimes when we go through some of the questions there, there'll be one person in the group who will focus on one word, but in the wrong way. Mm. I spend half an hour just talking about that that one mm. item just to help explain. Well, actually, let's look at look at it from a different perspective. Let's look at it from the opposite way because we have to open our eyes to not be not have blind faith with everything, but to use rationale logic, which was also another favorite thing of Alan Kardec. He was an educator. He set up schools. He was a scientist as well. So rationale was important for him as well. Indeed. And when we go back through the history of spiritualism, I was talking today, uh, the early spiritualists were very much the pioneer and the activists of the world. There are many, many, many accounts where <clears throat> prominent spiritualists motivated calls change to parliamentary bills uh, on all, all levels of life affecting everybody because they were empowered by spirit they had that understanding they yeah. had that communication only recently we were talking and it came to light about the silent minutes which started up in the second world war and that was at nine o'clock every night and it was broadcast on the radio and it was the minutes where big ben struck nine that was the time when everybody was asked to send out prayers to save us from the war. Um, mm -hmm. And that was spearheaded by a very active spiritualist of the time who took it to Churchill and the king of the time. And there was a recount that after the war, they were where they were interviewing a lot of the German high command. One turned around, he said, well, actually, he said, you British didn't understand. You had the most powerful weapon. He said, I think you called it the silent minute. He said, that's what won your ball. How awesome is that? Yeah. You know, and we seem to have forgotten that a little bit in our movement. Um, yeah. and, and I think that that's the thing which obviously is in common between the spiritualist church and spiritism. The fact that um, we believe in these energies, hmm. that we have these power, including the power of what we call prayer which is directed thought, directed energies towards someone or something for a reason. Um, because, you know, we're all here to live on the same planet. So we need to live in peace as much as we can. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Give it a go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, your line there brings us very nicely back onto track. <laughs> about what we are talking about tonight. So you caught my subtle hint. <laughs> oh, yes. Very subtle, Adam. Thank you, sir. And I needed that. Honestly, a talk with me is like a talk with Ronnie Corbett. I get there in the end. <laughs> well, I was going to the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so, well, straight away we have a question. Well, we've got a lovely couple of questions. One from the wonderful Libby Bellhouse, who's very involved in healing. And I think more directed towards, this, obviously, the spiritualist side. Do we have similar similar literature we could use a study group? Libby, I'll have a chat with you and I'll send you a list of uh, 
suggestions of books, but they, we have got an amazing history. Um, Anne Bennett here, lovely Anne Bennett, who I've actually now met, saying, what type of healing do you do? Harry Edwards had an ongoing fight to get healing recognised. He too was a pioneer. So we've got a two-part question there. And obviously for tonight's benefit, I think that's a wonderful introduction. Mm -hmm. I've finished rabbiting. So what type of healing do you do, Adam? Um, well, um, we have two kinds of healing within the Spiritist Centre. Um, but to understand what they are, I think I'm going to have to go through my rather laborious powerpoint presentation adam i'm we, sorry we could not have a night with a spiritist without powerpoint i uh, do apologize over to you sir okay so um so we understand it this way that there are three types of healing so we have magnetic healing spiritual healing and a combination of both magnetic and spiritual healing and but we'll get into the actual details of those in just a moment because we need to look at a bit more science first which is what is the human being so like i said spiritism is a scientific has a scientific focus and alan kardec tries to explain what the human being is and he obviously brings messages from spirits themselves to help explain this because we cannot talk about he healing itself without understanding what this is. So we have three elements as us as a human being. We have spirit, a thing called a perispirit, and also the physical body. So when we are incarnate, our perispirit is what connects us, a spirit, to our physical body. When we are discarnate, we are exactly the same, but without the physical body. That's the only difference. We have no physical body. So I mentioned this before, the Spirits book. It's a set of questions and answers. There's a big Q&A about all that there is about life, uh, all these different aspects of humanity. And question 135 of that book says that a human being is formed of these three central parts. So the body being, the material being, which is destructible, it is temporary and it is animated by a thing called the vital principle the other part of us is the spirit or soul so when incarnate it's the in the incarnate spirit is us as a soul it is immaterial it is immortal it is indestructible great isn't it and it's the part of our body which is it's part of the body that we live in so we have to have a soul connected to a physical body for us to be alive. And then we have the perispirit, which is this intermediary principle, or spirit body, as it were, which is semi-material and an, an outer envelope which unites the soul and the body together. So this is spiritual body, subtle body, energy field, many different names for this. So to explain this a bit more, um, we, we have question 27 in the same book about the idea of matter and spirit. And spirit, it says in the is, um, it's, uh, sorry. So we have matter and spirit. Spirit is defined as the intelligent principle of the universe. And as spirits ourselves, 
we are the individualization of this principle. So similarly, our bodies are the individualization of the material principle. So like I said, we have God, spirit, and matter. So us as a spirit, a soul, living entity, we are the individualization of this intelligent principle. We are an individual spirit, incarnate or discarnate. And obviously when incarnate, we, now our body is an individualization of matter. We're an individual person. We don't have two people who are the same. We don't have two people sharing a spirit. So that's, that's how we see these things. So con continuing on, so the peri-spirit itself, this is a semi-material, very subtle bit of matter. It could be understood as this fluidic body, like I said before, an, an envelope around the spirit. It's made of this thing called the universal cosmic fluid, which is the primitive elementary matter of the universe. It's everywhere. Now, we're swimming through it all the time. The perispirit itself is a condensation of this fluid around a focus of intelligence, which is the spirit or soul. And although the perispirit may appear to us as vaporous, for spirits themselves, they see it as something solid. And of course, the density or and subtleness of our perispirit and the kind of material that makes it up depends on our personal spiritual evolution and the planet where we incarnate. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Another aspect of the perispirit to consider is the aura. Now, I'm sure many people have heard of this word, the aura, and especially the image that we have there. That may be quite common to most people. So the aura, how we see it, is the energetic emanation of the perispirit itself. The human body is made up of billions of cells. Each cell emits radiation and the total radiation produced can be described as an energetic field. You know, this is, I think, quite common shared knowledge. And this field is continually modified by the spirit's thoughts and feelings and by the combination of psycho-physio-chemical forces that make the so-called human aura. All good so far? Very good. Right. I'm just, yeah, no, I'm fascinated. Just for uh, some people listening, I we probably understand better in spiritualism the terms etheric, where peri spirit. So just so people don't start thinking, well, it's just an additional thing. Um, if you think of the peri spirit as in our description as being the etheric body. So yeah, thank you, Adam. Yes, yes, they're, they're, they're within spiritism, we actually see things in a bit more fine detail, but yes, it's all together. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, there we go. This is the next one. So just to go on a bit more about the aura. So the, obviously the aura, aura is unique to each individual. It interpenetrates and surrounds the physical body and can present colors. I'm so sure many people have probably seen photos with the uh, auric colors. And the colors obviously depend on the spirit's level of evolution. And this is where, obviously, think about healing. Now, illnesses themselves can be detected in the irregularities of 
the appearance of the aura. So it could be texture, it could be color, it could be even smell, it could be, could be um, whether it's sticky or smooth, whether it's spiky or soft. And the part of the aura produced so the part of the aura produced by the energies of a certain physical organism, so like the liver, kidneys, heart, can show a lack of function in that organ. And this also affects the colouring. Now, the aura has an important role in the mechanism of healing, because obviously, the, within the healing process, the healer's aura, or perispirit, connects with the patient's aura, or perispirit. So that's why it's important just to understand what this is, especially from the spiritist side of things. Now, all this links to a wonderful thing called the chakras, the centers of force. And many people have the, the chakra chart in their, in their homes. And I, I know this. So the perispirit itself is composed of different layers um, and they're in different stages of condensation of the energies and fluids, which allows it to be the mediator between spirit and matter. So the layers of our perispirit closer to the spirit level are more ethereal. The layers closer to the physical body are more condensed material. <coughs> Excuse me. The regions of greatest condensation of the perispirit are these centers of force, the chakras, where spiritual fluids are absorbed. And these are then transformed into vital fluids absorbed by our physical body. So this is how we see this process of perispirit, the chakras, the forces. And then I mentioned this thing called vital fluid. Um, it's obviously something that's been known about for quite a long time, but so the vital fluid, the perispirit itself cannot act upon the physical body without vital fluid. And it's vital fluid which gives vitality to the body. And now it's present in all organic life and is a modification of the universal cosmic fluid. How do we get vital fluid normally? By eating and drinking. Nutrients, vitamins. And it's very similar to the electromagnetic fluid that we have around and generates nervous impulses that circulate throughout the physical body via the nervous system. And so vital fluid itself is a synonym of magnetic fluid, animalized fluid, or even ectoplasm. Mm -hmm. It's all actually the same thing. So when we study things about the phenom phenomena with materialization and ectoplasm, it's actually the same thing. But again, Lots of subtleties there too, that we're not going to explain just today. And so, I said before, there's these three kinds of healing. There's the magnetic, there's the spiritual, and there's the one in the middle, the combined. So the magnetic and spiritual. So how is it within the spiritist center itself? And what is it... Now, what is spiritist healing and how do we understand it? Well, we understand it that healing fluids come from the spiritual world. Our spirit benefactors manipulate the spiritual fluids and combine them with a portion of the vital fluid, the magnetic fluid of the healer, who is a medium. And the objective of this is to assist the person in need, giving them all the fluids that they need. And healing takes into account the law of action and reaction and that many difficult situations 
certain illnesses and sometimes are exactly what we need, what our soul needs. Because we don't always acknowledge it, but sometimes health issues can be here for us to learn from. So we can change something about ourselves for the better, for the future. And we cannot escape the universal laws and we are accountable for all our actions, past, present and future. A lovely bar chart here, graphical graph. <laughs> so spiritual evolution and reincarnation to understand about this action and reaction and the rationale as to why we might have certain difficulties, illnesses or challenges in our lives where we look for healing or need healing. We need to look at the ideas of spiritual evolution, which includes reincarnation. So in spiritism, we believe in reincarnation and that it has a clear purpose that each incarnation is a chance to learn new things and to resolve issues from previous incarnations. And you know, this is done progressively, bit by bit. We progress morally or intellectually, a small amount each time. There's never any kind of regression, but we can stagnate can be for a short amount of time, can be for a long amount, for longer. But is always gradually on an upward curve. We all start, all of us, we start at a primitive state, simple and ignorant. And we all progress at our own pace to a moral and intellectual pure state. So within the Spirits book, we have some questions about this. Question 100, anyone who has a copy of the Spirits book, look at question 100 it starts to talk about these uh orders and classes of spirits going from the primitive up to the pure and we understand that illnesses and diseases can be a consequence of current or previous life or can be trials for our advancement so just to explain the chart that we have here so we all start down here there we go. Down here in the in our first incarnation, which is a very primitive state. And we progress morally or intellectually, just bit by bit, each incarnation. And this could be hundreds, thousands of incarnations until we get to the pure state. And as we can see, we can get to points where we stagnate. There can be, be times when we progress quickly, slowly one way or another and it, it's normal this is the normal progress of having multiple incarnations of reincarnation itself but we don't actually know how many incarnations each one of us will have it all depends on how well we live in each incarnation how well we morally or intellectually perfect perfect ourselves so spirits to healing i mentioned before we have couple of types so we have two main kinds of healing first is what we call normal healing or known as pass comes from the french that kardec used which, kardec used, which was uh, pass magnétique and pass guérisseur and this is given as part of our regular study groups our regular public meetings so it's not a specific session or anything it's a regular thing that we do. 
but we do also have in some places we have a, a more intensive process called spiritual treatment and this is not something that people are normally prescribed so when they think that they need some extra support they'll talk to the coordinators of the group have some fraternal dialogue like a short counseling as it were but more just to talk quickly and if the spiritual benefactors recommend it then the person may be indicated towards having a more intense spiritual treatment itself which would be a series of sessions which is normally a closed treatment thing it's not something that people just turn up to it's programmed and people have to go for a certain number of sessions now not all groups feel it's necessary to have this because like i said we have the healing in general as part of our weekly weekly sessions and just one thing to emphasize is that all healing within spiritism is done for free it's just the way we see it that what we receive for free we should give for free so everything to do with healing mediumship that's how we treat it but what about the actual process itself because i'm sure that's the the probably the more interesting thing right now um there are three main participants. We have the patient who is someone in need, someone who's asking for something, someone who needs something, whether it's physical, mental, or spiritual well-being. We have the healer who's a medium, who's willing and able to help with this transfer of energies. That's why some people call it a pass, because you're passing energies one to the other. And then you have the spiritual team, the spirit team, the directors of the group who have an affinity to the group or center who's actually doing the healing. Because you wouldn't want a spirit who has no affinity to your group coming along to give some energies. They have to have some kind of connection. Just that, like with the, me with the medium themselves, they have to have an, some kind of affinity to the group. And so the healing itself starts in the spirit dimension. The spirit benefactors manipulate these, the universal cosmic fluid and combine this with any of the necessary fluids and energies from the medium. And this is then passed to the patient. And each one gets what they need at that moment. And how do we do this? Quite simply. So for us, the patient is seated. The healer's hands are placed over the patient's head. The healer never touches the patient. And the energies are provided in close contact with the patient's perispirit near the crown chakra, near the main force of center, near the main central force. Because this is the chakra that distributes all these energies throughout the whole body to wherever it's needed the same way that you know when we have paracetamol now we have it digest it and it goes to where we need in our body like to for goes to our head get rid of a headache and in one of his books called genesis kardec mentions that the perispirit of the incarnate person incarnate spirit receives and assimilates all these energies the same way that a sponge will absorb water so that's why for us, we don't need lots of movements. We don't need to put the hands in different places. We just put it near the crown chakra because that's where all the energy will flow. It will go to where it's needed. 
and we so just to look again we have these three kinds so the magnetic healing which is transfusion of the healer's own magnetic fluids this is what um we have in many meetings sorry no, this is not what we have in many meetings uh, this is something which we can do um on a day-to-day -day basis when we want to care for someone we want to to send someone good energies good thoughts when we do that just for, without spiritual support that's what we're doing magnetic healing spiritual healing is the transmission of fluids direct from the spiritual mentors through the healer but what we have in our centers is this one the magnetic and spiritual healing which is this transfusion this combination of fluids from both the healer and the spiritual mentors so that that's what we what we have whether it's uh, in the regular meeting or in a dedicated treatment session now another quick aspect uh, i am coming to the end don't worry <laughs> fascinating very <laughs> yeah. so uh, another important aspect is water so fluid uh, fluidified energized healing water however you want to call it we use energized water within spiritus centers uh, so as most people should know water is one of the most important fluids for us as a being the human body is about 70 percent water the brain itself about 78 percent water so with spiritus healing itself we normally have uh, small glasses small um almost shot sized uh, glasses of water with which we offer at the end of these sessions, especially when there's healing, to help as a complement to things. It helps to revitalize. And we also recommend to people to bring with them bottles of water because they can be vibrated throughout the meeting. They'll be magnetized. And then people will drink from that during the week. And why is that? Well, Ordinary water has the possibility of conserving spiritual fluids for indefinite periods of time without suffering any deterioration. So during the healing session itself, uh, water receives beneficial fluid energies under the guidance of the spiritual benefactors. So it can receive directly or normally a what we have in many groups is that the heat one of the healing mediums will go and energize the waters direct that all the waters will be laid out and you and they they're energized by the by one of the healing mediums and obviously this water when people drink the water either straight after the healing or from the bottle eat every day is that this water will help the patient to retain all these positive energies received during the healing and increases the possibility of receiving additional benefits between sessions. And now one last item is the patient. We have to have to think about the patient themselves because you know there's no point people going to a to a dedicated session or any session wanting healing if they're not going to participate as well. So the patient has to have faith. <clears throat> they have to be cultivating positive thoughts, positive feelings, feelings of gratitude. They have to make a constant effort in their day-to-day -day lives to improve themselves, 
they have to try to practice charity, practice love. We're not saying that they have to do these things, but try, at least try. Because if people aren't even trying, you know, it's like trying to trying to ask a brick wall to move. Mm-hmm. And for us, you know, people need to be present during our regular spiritist meetings. So whether it's the dedicated treatment or part of just the normal weekly treatment, be present during the meetings. Arrive just beforehand, stay there, harmonize yourself, be relaxed and be willing to accept the healing energies. I have been to healing sessions in other places before, and I was a bit amazed to see people just on their phones, talking away, thinking, don't you need to be relaxed? Don't you need to be sort of aligning yourself and, you know, being harmonized with the environment that you're in? Because, you know, if you're going to go to hospital for surgery, you're not going to, no, start taking narcotics and alcohol and things at the very last second, are you? Mine. Are you, Laurie? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not implying anything. <laughs> I'm giving it going, mate. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's, but, very, very, that's really interesting. Yeah. That is lovely. Thank you. Yeah, because, and just to finish, so the spirit benefactors themselves and the healers may be really well prepared, but the end result depends on how well the patient is taking care of their merits, their needs, their mental state. That's the thing. If they're not putting their mind in the right place, you know, it's like a force field. It just bounces off. It's not going to penetrate through. So that's my hopefully condensed (laughs) presentation. Uh, Just to give a summary as to how we see healing within spiritism, uh, because there is obviously a lot more I could go into so much more detail, but hopefully, and I've actually seen quite a few questions come up, so. (laughs) That was fascinating, Adam. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, So many similarities, so many, actually, I love the water. I, mm-hmm. uh, my mind is racing now. Look out, healing team at Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, it, and it's strange because um, before I knew about spiritism itself, uh, I knew obviously about various kinds of healing. Uh, my mother was a Reiki healer. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I myself studied uh, Vedic astrology, and that has an oh, element wow. of studying about healing as well. And both of these I saw use water as part of the healing process. Yeah, and it's a bit curious that a lot of the time when people don't feel very well, what's one of the first things we do? Have a glass of water. Yeah, yeah, excellent, Adam. That, that absolutely fascinating. Thank you. So we hand over the floor now to the wonderful people who are watching, and welcome, welcome everybody who's just joined us uh, recently. Lovely Fiona Parry Dodd, who was here. Uh, was that only yesterday, Fiona? It seems like a lifetime ago. It's been a very busy day. Anyway, our spiritist society believes that we are not all equal in the eyes of God if there are classes, levels, and orders. Mm, okay, Fiona, great question. Um, so we are all equal in the eyes of God. So in the Spirit's book, question number one is this, what is God? supreme intelligence first cause of all things not who is god but what is god 
because we don't actually believe God in being the personification of anything. Many people do, because as humans, we have to associate this force of nature with something. But so in the eyes of God, personally, I've never had this thing of in the eyes of God, because God is everything. It's the energies, it's the force, it's the intelligence that drives the universe. So we are all equal. We are all made equal, simple and ignorant. That's how we are, that's how we are created as our first instance of a spirit. When we're first in the humanoid kingdom, first instance of a spirit, first incarnation as a person, we are simple and ignorant. We all have the same opportunities to grow. So therefore, yes, we're all, we're all equal. We're all equal. It's just that the classes and orders sort of help to explain how we progress, how we grow. So we progress from a very low order all the way up to a high order. Guess where we are right now here on this planet? <laughs> <laughs> We're still quite low down, ladies and gentlemen. We're still quite low down. Because what we learn is that the more moral we become, how, the less attached to matter we become. Not just ah, within one lifetime, but how we are fully, holistically. That's what denotes what class and order we actually belong to. And the top order is the pure spirits, which we call angel, the angelic level. We're nowhere near that just yet. But even so, those on the angelic level and those on the lower level are equal. Because again, we have the same opportunities of growth. That's the most important thing. I hope, I hope that's a suitable answer for, for you, Fiona. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. Um, we've got two, quest <clears throat> two questions together here on a very similar energy. Um, lovely Anne Bennett is, do you believe in mind over matter and that we can heal ourselves by our thoughts? And what about absent healing? Mm. We've also got Colin Moore Hill asking straight away, do the spiritists have remote healing or is it wholly in person? Okay, let's let's tackle that last part first. So okay. absent healing, remote healing, yes. 100%. 100%. It's completely possible. Because why do you need to be physically with someone? If someone's open and willing to receive healing at a certain date and time, and you are there giving healing at a date and time, even if thousands of miles apart, but you're connected together somehow, so either through prayer or even through a Zoom meeting, what's there to stop healing? Because the, the spirit mentors of your group can go to the homes of these people. There's nothing stopping that. Absolutely nothing stopping that. So, for example, during this whole pandemic, the only way for us to have healing as part of our weekly, our weekly sessions is exactly that, remotely. It may not feel the same to people because it's remote. And the sort of more intense treatment wouldn't necessarily be completely possible, but it's not impossible. So we can have it remote, we can have it in person. And in fact, many spirit, bigger spiritist groups, especially in countries like Brazil, they will have remote healing sessions. So it's a complete process where normally they give you 
a date and time where you have to lie down, you read an uplifting passage, and you meditate for an hour, or you just rest for an hour with a bottle of water with you. And I, I've done that. I've received that. And the energies that you receive are the same as if you're in person. Brilliant. Now, the first part of the other question. Yeah. So mind over matter, heal ourselves by our thoughts. Mm, yes and no. Yes and no. Yes, because absolutely, our thoughts control everything that we do. Like I put there, the, the, the role of the patient is incredibly important. If the patient isn't taking care of themselves, taking care of their mind, nothing's going to happen. I've known people who've been incredibly ill, and they're saying every day that they're doing manifestations, uh, the gratitude list, they're doing this and that. But they were frightened all the time because this mind over matter is, what, one minute? Five minutes? A small exercise at the start of the day, at the end of the day? You're not living it every single moment during the day. You're not bringing to yourself all the knowledge that you've received, the spiritual knowledge you've received, to be able to say, okay, I've got something that needs help with. Let me try to be at peace with myself. Accept the issue that I've got. Many people fight against that. And that's why I'd say that the whole idea about mind over matter, that we can heal ourselves by thought, isn't really possible. Because also the other aspect is that it's not necessarily just from us where we would, would receive the healing energies. We have to connect with the spirituality. The better energies, you know, it, they need to help to bring these energies to us. We can't always do it ourselves. You know, we can't, um, we can't survive just from our own energies. You know, if you were to basically start eating your own limbs to, to, to live, you're going to find a point where you're going to go, going to go, oh, right, something's not right here. Something's bleeding. It's going a bit gangrenous. You're going to affect yourself if you only try to use your own energies. You need to absorb. You need to go out to nature. You need to interact with other people. You receive from other people. Now, when, when, when we need something, where, where do we receive our nutrients from? By eating other things. We don't eat ourselves. So it's the same with healing. We, he we, can, we can heal ourselves in a way, but not completely. We do need to look for support from others. And that does include from the spiritual realm. Mm. I am, my mind is um, chewing over that last slide about the patient and making them an active part of the process by looking at maybe the way they do things, maybe the way they are with people and just encouraging more along that charitable and love vibration. Would that come into sometimes a mind over matter where we've he we've healed ourselves simply because we may have given up um, certain things which are detrimental to not only our character but to our spiritual being. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, fascinating. I'm loving it. This is great. <laughs> you booked a game next week, yeah. mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, Lovely. Uh... But on, on a serious note, just mentioning about that, no, having things that are detrimental, that's exactly the thing. How can you heal yourself if 
you go right okay okay i'm going to have a meditation i'm going to do whatever one hour meditating to try to heal myself and then you go off and have a big box of chocolates and a, and a packet of cigarettes oops that's um, <laughs> not that's not really going to work that's not really going to work because we have to think about all the energies we receive into ourselves yeah. So one thing that I didn't put in this presentation is the preparation that healers need. So within spiritism, healers normally need to abstain for 24 hours from anything that could be narcotic or intoxicating, stimulating. Normally on the day, day of healing, we say that healers should not have any caffeine or re completely reduce, shouldn't smoke, other activities which aren't good spiritually to try to avoid. Because we are a channel. When you work with healing, you are a channel. Imagine a tube. Imagine a sewage pipe. Do you want the sewage pipe to be completely clear and clean? Or do you want it to be filled with detritus and rubbish? What energy do you want to give to others and to yourself? Mm. There's a lot of healers going to be turning off any second now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but... No, it, it makes perfect sense. Do you know what? It's unconsciously, uh, when I prepare to work mediumistically, evidential mediumship, uh, I am extremely careful. And it starts the day before. I eat yeah. very, very lightly. I eat very, very cleanly. Um, and that's nothing that's been taught to me. It's just something that I do. And yeah. now I know why. How interesting. Mm -hmm. So lovely Anne Bennett here, um, going back, I think, to that thread about where we uh, add to our own, add to the healing given to us, whether it be magnetic or on the spiritual level, by improving our outlook on life and uh, refining our thoughts. So Anne, I believe in that energy. What about children and babies and mm. pets? Um, well, obviously, everything's relative. Everything is relative. So, you know, children, they have their level of intelligence, of understanding. You know, we as parents, guardians, aunts, uncles, grandparents, carers, we have the, the duty just to explain briefly. Okay, look, you're going to go in and we're going to have this healing now. So it's a moment just to meditate, to relax, to talk to God, talk to your mentor, talk to your invisible friend, talk to whoever, talk to your guardian angel. So that you can receive good energies there's no there's no harm in explaining in basic words to a child about what it is and babies yes obviously um so many years ago i used to live in brazil um had the opportunity of working in some big spiritist centers there and part of that work was the community service community outreach work where people from the uh, favelas from the slums would go to the center on the Sunday to receive food baskets, to re receive support. And my wife and I, we worked in one of the nursery rooms, one of the crush rooms, which was great. Just a few adults with lots of little babies. And during the session, we, the, the, the mediums would give healing to the babies. Now, obviously, they didn't really understand what's going on. But it's impressive that because it was done at the same time each week, or roughly the same time each week, the moment that you start to prepare things, because all the adults in the room know what's going on, they start to mentally prepare. And so the babies themselves start to calm down. 
some will cry because obviously for them you know you're working with spiritual energies they may rebel against it because of something in their previous incarnation or some kind of spiritual energy mismatch as it were but you know we 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 tell them look now's the time for healing maybe sing a bit of music to help to calm them down and it it's impressive we tend to underestimate children babies and even pets as to their understanding of life of love because at the end of the day what is healing more than actually good loving energy as well brilliant absolutely brilliant lovely Rita uh, she'd like to hear Adam's views on healers who try and heal when they're clearly going through trauma themselves yeah Rita this is a very common thing um, what we would normally say within spiritism is if you're going through trauma you take time out to receive healing don't try don't don't, don't try to heal someone if you need healing yourself it's like with a uh, medical surgeon if they if they're recovering from an accident they're not going to be in the operating theater they're they're going to be recuperating because at the end of the day it's a it's absolutely fine we all go through things we all go through different things so if we know that we're not in a good condition we need to take time to recover we do actually have a really great book written by uh spirit um i don't have the book with me i don't remember it off by heart my wife's going to kill me if i get it wrong but <laughs> um, i think i think it's the spirit andre louise if you bear with me one minute i'll just double check you can't find not so long. no here we go yes it's a book called disobsession Okay, by the spirit Andre Louise. So Andre Louise, uh, many of his books were written through the Brazilian medium uh, Francisco Chico Xavier, um, who also wrote yes, Nosolar, Astral City is the sort of one of the main epics that he helped to bring, which is a discourse, uh, a story about how life is on the spiritual plane. Now this book, this obsession, it helps people to understand about mediumship in general about the dangers about things to look out for and one of them is exactly this the care we need for ourselves as a medium as a healer we need to take care of ourselves and that includes if we're not in a good position sit it out for out for a while talk to the coordinator and say look i'm not feeling so good can i just receive this week brilliant Brilliant. Oh, I, I love this. Today I was having a very deep, in-depth conversation uh, about, at this time, a thread that started up a few weeks ago about we really need to look after our mediums and give that care and attention back to them at this time. So uh, I love this. Lovely John. Uh, happy birthday, John, by the way. So he's just saying, so we all have the, fine, the same final destination. Yes. There we go, John. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it may not be around the same place, but we all do all have the same spiritual destination to become there on the purified level, the angelic level, the however you want to see it. But it is this pure level. 
But what happens after that, we don't know. And we're actually told in the Spirits book that we don't have the capacity to understand it yet. But once we get there, we'll, we will then understand if there's anything else afterwards. Well, I have a sneaky suspicion that we're going to have yet another big bang and we start all over again. <laughs> yes, I've, I've always referred to it as the big accordion. In, out, in, <laughs> out, in, out. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely Bill Rich. Uh, Bill joined us a little bit late into um, your talk tonight, and he did actually miss your uh, relevant part about water. But he's saying, yeah. can spirit energy taint water, giving a taste of almost flatness? Sometimes when working, the water tastes very different. Ah, so two points on this. One, why would a spirit taint the water for it to be with negative energies? If that's happening, it's because the scent or group or the mediums are not um, attuned in the right way. There isn't the correct affinity. There's not the correct positive energies or positive protection there. Because one thing is that when you're there in the meeting, the coordinators of the meeting will ask for the relative preparation to be done for the, for the correct um, protection of the environment. And the spirit mentors who are there, they will only allow negative energies to go through if there's some kind of hole in this protection. Because otherwise there wouldn't be any logical reason for, you know, we've got a team of spirit, spiritual guides around us. What would be the reason for them to allow someone to come through and put something negative in, in the water? But on the other hand, water tasting different. Yes. Mm-hmm. It happens. So, um, I don't remember his name. There's a Japanese scientist. Um, I'll, I'll try to find the name in a bit. He did this great investigation as to the properties of water. And especially when you vibrate water in a certain way. Uh, he did this experiment of like getting bits of water which have been prayed at. Water where people have been shouting at it water where people just sending love to to the water and turn that into crystals and you see the format of the crystals change so much depending on whether it's had negative energy or positive energy sent to it masuru immortal thank you sue exactly <laughs> masuru immortal now look up i i, I want everyone who's watching this to to go and look up, to find the images that he, the photos and things, and other expense, experiments have been done afterwards. And, yeah. So, but we, we know that during the spiritist groups, absolutely, people will get the water at the end of the session and go, hmm, that tastes a bit odd. Why? Because the spirits themselves, the spirit healers, those on the spiritual plane are providing what the person needs. So they will, they will modify the molecules. They'll modify the water for it to be exactly how they need. So it will taste a bit different. I've had people say, hmm, this tastes a bit bitter. This tastes a bit flat. This tastes a bit fizzy. Sometimes, um, men, men, sometimes in many sessions, the water will start to carbonate. You'll get lots of air bubbles appearing in water. Sometimes it will... Exactly, here we go. 
and this is the reason why. So here we go. We we see the the uh, the crystals of of water. So when someone said thank you, or someone's sending good wisdom, or saying the word truth, or vibrating certain words, look at the one that when the person sent just said I love you to the water, compared to the one saying you make me sick, or thinking evil thoughts. Mm. This is so important. This is so so important. This is why water is important for us. That that is fascinating, and thank you, Bill, for saying that. And I've loved your explanation there, Adam. Bill, yeah. you're a um, working medium, and I'm sure that you would agree that some places where we are called upon to work may not have had that necessary preparation. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's actually there's actually one slide which I was going to put in, but I didn't, which is about the location of healing. Because the kind of location that you use is also incredibly important. Mm. Is it somewhere which is a good, calm, tranquil place? Is it somewhere that's busy? Um, is it the middle of a pub? No, not a good place. Uh, is it <laughs> is it in the middle of a nightclub? No shouldn't be but is it somewhere where there's been the correct preparation where people have arrived early and given good harmonization good spiritual preparation to the ambient is it somewhere where they go to frequently and harmonize or is it a case of okay it's a one-off we're going to this place yep it's right next to the pub or above a pub or wherever where there's you know alcohol or cigarettes or whatever going on because all those energies influence everything else. So that's what I was saying about if there's a break in this protective barrier, this protective spiritual barrier, we need to think about why has that occurred? The mentors, the spiritual guides will only allow that if it's, if it's for a good reason. Sometimes to, to give us a little slap and go, you're behaving incorrectly. Let's do things the better way. That explains a lot. Anyway, moving on rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely Sue Townsend here. Uh, she's asking, do you welcome anyone to your group for healing, no matter colour, class or creed? Is it hope that they share similar beliefs or is it hope that they share similar beliefs in order to attend? Um, so for the first part, Sue, great question. Um, but why would that matter? Why should colour, class, creed race, religion, why, why should that matter? Because th this is one of the polemic things that people think about. Ah, healing can only be done if you're a believer of this faith or whatever. So we, we know and respect that the spiritualist church is seen as a religion. Spiritism itself is not a religion. That's why we say anyone can come along. And I know that even the spiritualist church will accept anyone for the healing. So it doesn't actually matter your physical appearance, your race, where you've been born, what language you speak, if you even speak. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. To share the similar beliefs, that's the more important thing. So if we think about that slide about the patient, that's what's most important. If you're attuned to wanting and willing to receive healing energies, that's what's important. 
But obviously with our study groups, yes, that's critical. You know, it's it's important that if you come to study with us, that you have some kind of similarity in spiritualistic belief. No, you don't have to be spiritist to come and study with us. Um, it helps, but you don't have to be. You know, we're 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 open to receiving people, even if it's just for one session. If they're you know even people who are just curious, no, we'll let them let them come and study with us. That's not a problem, because sometimes people say that they're spiritist and they've been studying for ten, twenty years, but then they find a point where they go, oh, actually, there's this thing which I don't align with. What should I do? And just the same way that there'll be people who have never studied it, who come along and go, oh, I align with that, but can I still be a spiritualist, if I, even if I come to your group? Can I still be Jewish or Hindu or Muslim if I come to your group? Yeah, 100%. We're not a religion. We're a, we are a philosophy. So everyone is welcome. Lovely. Julie, lovely Julie Kays. Oh. Does or can the spirit learn and expand in between incarnations? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> very, very simply. Well, next question, then. <laughs> it's, it's because I don't want to spend too many hours explaining it. But yes, Julie, absolutely. Um, so once we return to the spiritual plane, we obviously go through a state of bit of confusion. You know, just like we, when when we come out from general anaesthetic, it'd be the same kind of thing. We may be a bit disor disorientated. We're thinking, okay, where am I? Who am I? What am I? What language do I need to speak? But we have the opportunity to look back and reflect on that previous incarnation. We get to understand, okay, I had all these bad things happen. What can I do next time round? For that bad things to not repeat what do i need to expiate what do i need to overcome what do i need to learn and believe it or not the spiritual colonies that we have are immense um so this book nosola astral city there is a film version of it um it's not really accessible in the uk unfortunately uh, but if anyone, I think, I can't remember if uh, Gaia.com has it on there for people to watch. I don't think it's possible here in the UK, but in other countries, yes. Um, it helps to explain about how this process is on the spiritual plane. We have congregations of spirits together. So when we return, we don't return to one big mass where we become, where we lose our individuality. We retain our individuality. And part of that is our knowledge. It's our emotions. Like I said at the very start, when we're discarnate, the only difference is we don't have our physical body. We're still the same person as to who we are. We don't suddenly become angels and cherubim plucking harps for eternity. That's going to be quite boring, ladies and gentlemen. And also, we don't go down into a fiery pit being poked for eternity. Because that would also be a case of what's the point? We have we so yes, we do have the opportunity to learn. We have the opportunity to meet with others, to talk with others, to observe. Because the spiritual layers start where we are here on the planet. 
and go up all the way up. So it's a longer, con longer discussions, but that's why I said the short answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Marion Frisbee. <clears throat> Through prayer, healing, thoughts, do you believe healing can be sent out unconditionally to individuals or for the world where recipients are not aware sooner than a recipient that is aware and open to receiving? So, yeah, I, I think I get the gist of that. So if you said to somebody uh, over in Brazil, I'm going to send you healing at this time, will you be tuned in? Mm -hmm. and you also focus on somebody else, would you see a difference in a response time or would you expect to see a difference in response time? We wouldn't necessarily detect any response. Mm. That's the thing. It on When it's a face-to-face, -face, no, in-person healing, we may ref feel the energy of someone uh, resisting the healing. But in general, when we're sending out positive energy... If you're a strong enough medium, yes, perhaps you can attune with them and feel what they're feeling and feel if they're accepting the energies or not. But in general, we when we send out energy, it's like a, a, a radio transmitter, a television transmitter. It's just there, throwing out the signal. Whoever wants to tune in and capture it, they tune in and capture it. And... And just, just just on that that last one, so one thing that we do in our group and many other groups we know do this is that we have sort of a healing harmonization at the end of our sessions, and we always send positive energies to everyone around the world. Full stop. Every corner of every planet, every person throughout society, homeless, rich, poor, those fighting those who are who've recently returned to the spiritual plane everyone factory workers lorry drivers you know people working with hermes and dhl all these people and any other any other couriers uh, everyone politicians because we are all brothers and sisters here on this planet mm -hmm. so just as what we call god sees us all as individuals so it sees us all as the same as equals we should see everyone else here on this planet as an equal definitely definitely agree uh do, do, do. right karen gibbs and just asking what's the name again please for the book from the brazilian writer is most known for okay francisco candido Chico Xavier. So here we go. So ignore the title of this book. Let me just bring that up. So it's just the top name there. That's the one we want. And the spirit, Andre Louise. So the Andre Louise brought many, many books. Um, and this called the series in the series of life in the spiritual plane. And these books give so much detail, so much detail. About things, and the main book is called Astral City, Mosala. Let me see if I have. Because there's a wonderful part in Nosola towards so, the end. There's a wonderful part in Nosola towards the end where uh, Andre Louise goes back, actually visits his family, 
and energizes the water for the new husbands. Exactly, children. yes. Yes, exactly. That's a, a brilliant part of the book. So, Nossa Larger, so those, those of you who don't speak Portuguese, simply means our home. Um, and yeah, th this book is so rich in not in detail, and it explains about his initial return to the spiritual plane and his acceptance to the things that have happened to him. The book and the film are slightly different. The book has many more things. It is worth reading. Um, we, I think we may have a couple of copies to sell ourselves, but otherwise we can help to provide some, some links as to where people can buy the, buy the book. There you go. Val has given the name on Facebook. Uh, Astral City Nosola. It is a wonderful, wonderful book. If anyone who works with healing, with spirituality, with spirit, with spirits, however you want to see it, read this book. It's great. Okay. It is... Da, 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 da. It's only 300 odd pages. It's not going to yeah. take you that long. Only tiny writing. <laughs> so, some of them are a lot bigger, by the way. But... <laughs> It is a beautiful book. It's a great introduction. Yeah, and on our on our group on a Saturday, we we actually have a book club when we're progressively going through these books. But you know, um, perhaps at some to at some point we can try to find a way to screen the film for everyone, um, or or even have a book club for this if many people are interested. If you need a copy of it, I have got it on DVD. Um, Brilliant. With it's the original in spoken in Brazilian Portuguese, but yes. there are English subtitles. Yeah, I, I I do recommend that you know share that around with your congregation. Maybe have a <laughs> with my videos. Yeah, I have to count the chairs when they leave. <laughs> or, yeah, but the 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 uh, director of that film, uh, Wagner Jesses, we actually talked with him um, last year, and like I said, it is a series of books, and they are working on the next books, mm. the next film adaptations already, and hopefully they'll be out soon. And yep, and Val has put the um, no, just to remind people that if you want to contact us for let's see if we can find copies for, of the book as well. Uh, you can email us, which is office at cardec.org.uk. Thank you, Valerie. <laughs> uh, where are we? John, John Isik. Um, asking a question here. What are your views on karma? And is this another reason for multi-incarnates? Or is this just another world word for the progression? Um, yeah, so karma and reincarnation can go hand in hand so obviously cause and consequence that what happens to us is because of things that ha have happened to us so it's not exactly the same view as the traditional uh sanskrit karma the the vedic idea of karma um but we do believe in you know cause and consequence what comes around does go around one way or another. So, 
It could be that we have a certain family that we have to incarnate with. We have certain debts that we need to overcome. We have certain people that we have an animosity against and need to reconcile in the next incarnation. If we don't have the opportunity or strength or desire to reconcile and repent and sort everything out before we pass away, basically. Mm. So, and and th this is the thing, it, you know, all of this affects, you no, know, we're talking about healing, can affect our physical well-being. So our next physical body could have some kind of deficiency or illness based on things that we get wrong in this incarnation. So yeah, yeah. Ev everything is interlinked. And yes, it is actually another word for progression as well, or a, a reason for progression. I, I often say it jokingly to people, but I'm not joking. And I say, well, if you don't do it this time around, you're only going to have to come back and do it again. So you may as well get it out yeah. of the way now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But you see, the, the problem is that we go through a process of forgetting things. When we incarnate in the in the new body in the new life, which will be obviously down in the future, part of the incarnation process is that we forget the previous incarnations. Because if we came back and we had that full knowledge of what we had been through, we're going to be stuck remembering that and focusing on that so much we're not going to progress. Mm. So a, a bit of a drastic example but sometimes in our groups we i i personally like to use drastic examples to help emphasize things but imagine that you incarnate in a new life and then you knew that you were a mass murderer how would you react you'd either turn and go oh that was fun yeah let me do the do that again mm. or you'd be pet petrified and go why don't i do that what i do and you probably do something silly because you'd go, oh, okay, I don't want to do that again. Let me try to end things quickly. And then you go, oh, well, I've just ended my life quickly. Now I need to have another incarnation to to overcome the fact that I did that and to overcome the other thing and that and that and that. And then it builds up. So it's a case of looking at the opportunities we have in the incarnations we currently have to be the better person that we can be, even if it hurts. Yeah, lovely excellent and i always say you know we we all do it it's our human nature side because we want to know the answer i want mm -hmm. to know the answer this want to know the and actually the answer is irrelevant it's because of the journey it's going to lead you on yeah because that is where you will do the learning if you knew the answer you may negate the entire journey because you know the answer absolutely and, and you know, i've done it life is a journey oh, we're, all, we're all wearing different shoes and we it's like being on a motorway you've got people who will go past you fast people who go slow people who just be irritated at you people who will try to stop you there'll be accidents there'll be this there'll be that there'll be and we're here in our little bubble trying to progress but we have to make sure that we take care of ourselves we take care of the vehicle that we're using That's how that's how life is. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it's as simple as that. Lovely, Valerie. Thank you, Valerie. Your, Valeria. Your support work tonight is immense. Thank you, my darling. And she's just recommending another film to watch there. It's called Kardec, which is available on Netflix. Yeah, and so this, this is the wonderful story of how Alan Kardec became Alan Kardec, the witnessing of the manifestations, the creation of the Spirit's book itself, um, wonderful by the same director as the film adaptation of Astral City Nosola. Yeah. It, it, it's it's really worth it. If anyone's got Netflix, go and watch it tomorrow. You know, it's Sunday tomorrow. Get some popcorn, watch Kardec. You'll After love you've it. been to church, that is. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well. <laughs> Adam, sir, what a brilliant night. I have missed my spiritist friends. I have missed PowerPoints. <laughs> but most of all, I've missed the in-depth way uh, that you regard your philosophy because you discuss it. It's a living organism within the spiritists, and it's beautiful. And we could do a lot more of that within our own movement. Really yeah. No, it, it is. And um, we, we want to put it out there uh, that we are more than happy for anyone to contact us to, if you're interested in any study session or anything. Um, hopefully our good friends in Bournemouth have offered this as well. But no, we are more than happy to have anyone join us. We're happy to maybe even set up uh, dedicated study groups as well to go over certain things, maybe the Spirits book or even these books of Andre Louise. Um, because that that's what it's all about sharing knowledge so that we can absorb that and grow somehow indeed and i always say knowledge is to be shared when you hold back knowledge or keep it you know secret uh, you, you you're just not working with it at all yeah. knowledge is to be shared and in that energy of debate friendship and fraternity not as a damn great big cudgel to beat somebody up with. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I can't find it because there's quite a lot of comments on here, but there was a lady saying, would you come back and talk to us again? So, well, absolutely, uh, absolutely. You have an open yeah. invitation. Yeah. And I believe she was asking about um, between lives. So uh, our life between lives she was fascinated with mm, yes we can uh, just a small yeah. topic yeah do you want to bring up my slides again just so people have our yeah. contact details if ever anyone wants to contact us please 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 no you can go to our website we have a contact page uh, our email office at cardec.org.uk so anyone who may be listening because i know that you'd like to put this out on podcast later so that's cardec k-a-r-d-e-c and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. We do have a little Twitter account. It doesn't tweet very much, but it's there, just floating away. Um, but also, I'd like to invite everyone to come and maybe listen or watch our podcast, which we have just a few episodes uh, called Insightfully Speaking, looking at the world from a spiritist perspective. And we've had, for example, Florence Anton was with us in one episode. 
we had the director Wagner Jessis as well in another episode. We've had a gentleman from Germany talking about spiritism in Germany. Uh, we've talked about mediumship, many different things in this. So we have this available on YouTube, on all good audio podcast systems as well. And we also run every year a TEDx style event called Spiritism X, where we're looking at different aspects of our lives from who we are as a spiritual being. So what we had last year was understanding our multidimensional journey. You can still find the videos on the Kardec Group YouTube channel. So please go there. You can also find the ones from 2020. So, uh, yeah, 2020, which is What a Wonderful World, and 2019, Living Spiritism. So I'm not saying this to make people want to want, want to run away from the spiritualist church, but right. there, there, yeah. may, there may be great information for you guys out there. So please, 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 and if you like anything, let us know. We'd love to hear your comments. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And I've just found that comment that was on our YouTube channel from Sarah Goodfellow. Could you please come back and talk about life between lives? Oh yes, I'll, I'll so, try to try to try to see when that's possible. But yes, you have ten weeks not to problem. come up with a thirty-page <laughs> PowerPoint. Thirty? <laughs> Only thirty? Uh, just the thirty. Ooh. Just the thirty. Uh, so, so that'll be about three hours then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, absolutely beautiful. And do you know what, Adam? You you just said something there uh, about I'm not trying to lure away spiritualists. Uh, this may sound a bit odd coming from somebody who runs a church. I, I don't care how you find God. Yeah. As long as you find them. You know, if you come and investigate this movement and find it, wonderful. If not, keep searching. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're all working for the same governor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like I said, we're all brothers and sisters here on this planet. Indeed. Indeed. We're all siblings. Sorry, we have to be gender neutral, gender fluid with this. We're all siblings, one way or another, here on this planet. We're all interlinked. So it doesn't matter whether we go to a church, a temple, synagogue, mosque, ashram, gurdwara, or whatever. doesn't matter what it is. If we find ourselves on a good and positive path, one way or another, whether it's worship, worshipping in one faith or multiple faiths, why not? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and that's, if we could learn that, what a world it would be. Anyway, Adam, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you so much. My pleasure. Everybody joining in tonight, thank you. You've been very engaging, which is brilliant. Uh, you know, I love it when we get this interaction with people online, also in church because this is what it's about this day and age we need to talk we need to understand we need to inquire and we need to listen to different things and if it works mm -hmm. for you great if it doesn't work for you you know that, that there's nothing wrong with that you know if it doesn't work for me that's absolutely fine it's not on my pathway i don't go that's wrong it should be burnt at a speck in yeah. front of me you know if it's wrong Try these things, listen to things, expand that knowledge. Brilliant. Look, the flying spaghetti monster, you know, why not? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, beautifully presented evening. Thank, Thank you. you. Valerie, bless your heart. I don't know what you sat in the kitchen or something, but you've done a yeah, marvellous job there. Yeah, v v Valeria's downstairs, yeah. 
All right, here we go. I'm put her in the garden or something. That's a good idea. <laughs> no, 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 no. She's in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my darling. Uh, next week, we have the lovely Bill Rich with us, and that will be a Spiritualism Lyceum night. Valeria, thank you, my darling. I do apologise for calling you Valerie. Valeria, <laughs> I now know. Uh, so we have Bill Rich with us from 7 o'clock live on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. Any closing thoughts, please, Mr. Osborne? Um... No, just to say it's been a pleasure to be able to share this knowledge with you. Um, I think my internet connection may be going a bit wonky right now, so I hope you can still no, see you're it. You're just here. doing that deliberately. You're just moving funny, aren't you? Because you're no, 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 no. <laughs> um, no, it's been an ab absolute pleasure. And um, like I said, we are here to share knowledge and information. And yeah. all, all we want to do is see people happy healthy that's it brilliant so good everybody have a beautiful night look after yourselves and i hope that you can go back over over this video or as adam said i will put it out as a podcast a little bit later on this evening and just listen to it and just go back over some of the absolutely lovely thoughts and practices and see the similarities yeah great thank you thank you thank you thank you everybody we wish you a wonderful evening and good night